Good morning, everybody, and welcome to On Texas Football Today, Coffee and Football. Uh, I'm Blake Monroe, joined by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of On3 and InsideTexas.com. And today's show brought to you by Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. I want to thank them. And guys, we're halfway through the week, which means we're halfway to the Alabama game. Some recruiting stuff happening tonight with Zena announcing tonight at 6 o'clock. Jerry, what's the latest that you're hearing? <clears throat> Yeah, I think uh, we're pretty much the same. We're holding pattern until he announces. Um, look, I mean, it, it's been Texas's recruitment to lose for a while. Um, Oklahoma has never given in on the recruitment. Texas A&M has never given in on the recruitment. Uh, but, you know, at this point, I mean, I, I've i been surprised many times before, but uh, I think Texas is the favorite going into his announcement today. Hey, Jerry, A&M trying to make a late push. Oklahoma had a chance uh, early on. Is that kind of the read, those three teams uh, with Texas right now being the latest visit, considering he came down for the Rice game? Yeah, I think I think that obviously the last place he's been was Texas. Before that was A&M late in July. Um, <clears throat> Oklahoma's never really given up on that recruitment either, though I can tell you that. And um, they've remained in contact with him, and he's remained in contact with Oklahoma. Um, so, you know, I still think Texas obviously is the favorite, but it's kind of what we've we've been saying for a while. Even though it was Texas recruitment to lose, AM and Oklahoma never recruited him like this was a done deal for Texas. They recruited him like they had a chance throughout the summer. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I felt like I, I felt like they thought this was an up-in-the-air recruitment. And then I, I just feel like probably since mid-July, Texas kind of asserted itself. Uh you've mentioned this before, but Neto uh having a a, a positive time in Austin certainly would be a harbinger of good things for Texas when it comes to two brothers where the parents don't have to go to different places. Right. <clears throat> because that's a, a potential three years of having to pick where you're going to go. Um, so <clears throat> two years for sure, maybe three. So that that's a little more difficult in, in college football than um, it just maybe one year overlap. When you're talking about two and three year overlaps, that that's a lot, but it's interesting coming out of a, uh, um, the June official visits. I thought there was a chance he could jump in. Uh, um, he could jump in pretty quickly with Texas. That did not happen. Somebody saying I got Doctor Finkley fired up. So I don't know. I, I don't know what I did. Somebody's gonna have to let uh, me know on that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Be sure to. I, I'm curious now to know as well. So be sure to let that in the comments. We'll have to <laughs> check that out here in a little bit. All right, guys. Well, plenty of time to get your questions in. Please do so. Um, we've got questions already coming in, questions on Inside Texas as well. And I want to go ahead and get to one of those uh, from yesterday's thread that we weren't able to get to. And Jerry, you actually noted it. Um, it says, how important is it for Texas to force Alabama to turn the ball over more than once? And the importance of a big special teams play, whether a blocked punt or a big return, and that from Trent Roland, 51. I think, uh, you know, I think we get into the number of turnovers, but I think Brian Irwin, Coach Irwin, said it great on the uh, Longhorn live stream with Rod Babers and uh, Coach Irwin last night. You want to leave plus one. I think that's a great way to put it. So instead of looking at a number you have to force if you're Texas, if you leave the Tuscaloosa plus one, you've probably given yourself a chance to win the game. I think that's a great way to look at it because you're getting into then well, two versus one, three versus two. If you leave plus one, 
on the road against a big time opponent, you've given, you've probably given yourself a chance to win. I think that's a great way to put it that Coach Irwin did. So that's where I'm at. I want to say this about special teams. I'm going to take special teams, Blake. Um, Jeff Banks, former special teams coordinator for Nick Saban. Don't forget that, the current one at at Texas. So Saban knows what he likes to do, where the weaknesses maybe are. Uh, Saban, I would bet, has something in store for Texas on special teams. That being said, the addition of Joe DeCamillis for Texas could have something in store for the Alabama Crimson Tide similarly. So um, you can bet that Nick Saban is well aware of Keelan Robinson. He used to have him on his roster at Alabama. Uh, if Texas were to get something done this week uh, on special teams, I'm going to bet it's going to be in the blocked field goal category or blocked punt category. That's where that's where Texas is going to try to get, get something done because thinking about getting a big return against Alabama is really difficult because they have so many good athletes, just like Texas does. It's going to be hard to get a really good return against Texas this year. Now, maybe Alabama can do it, and maybe Texas can do it against one another. We'll see. But it is very, very difficult overall. And so if there's going to be a big game, a big play, it's either going to be a field goal made by one or the other teams or missed or a blocked punt. That's just my guess. Uh, You know, of course, that's a guess. It could all end at – 15 minutes in the first quarter, you know? So, <laughs> uh, oh, hey, by the way, I, I, two things. I know I know what she's talking about. The story was guys that took official visits to both schools. Justice didn't take an official visit to Alabama. Or, uh, or it was never reported by on three that he did take an official visit. Uh, that, was the, that was the story was guys who have made official visits to both of those schools was the story. I had another piece, recruits from Alabama at Texas, recruits from Texas at Alabama, and obviously Justice Finkley was in there. So there's two different stories. Um, The other thing was somebody asked about um, Jalen Milrow's recruitment. Mike Yurcich was brought in. Not sure Texas really, if he fit Yurcich scheme. So I'm not sure if there was a lack of communication there that kind of started that that. Slow breakup, then Quinn Ewers committed, and then Jalen Milrow decommitted. They're yeah. different. And, 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 and Quinn Ewers decommitted almost immediately <laughs> after. Right. Right. So it's after your suit was hired. Was that the type of quarterback that fit what he thought he was going to run at Texas, which is not what he ended up running at Texas? <laughs> anyway. Yes. Uh, hey, we got a super chat here, kind of going back to special teams, Bobby, from Jimmy Trevino. He says Middle Tennessee got close two times to blocking Alabama's punts. Look, I, I get it. You got to do it, though. Close is close doesn't <laughs> count on block, block punts. We've all seen close block punts before. A lot more close block punts than block punts uh, in, the, in this day and age. Um, I, I want to make sure that Texas is buttoned up also on its end. Uh, Maurice Blackwell was not an up is not available for this game. And he was an up back uh, expected to be an up back. So it, it cuts both ways. I mean, Texas has to be play a clean game. A year ago, Alabama did not play a clean game. 15 penalties. Uh, they did play a relatively clean game against Middle Tennessee. Uh, one of the things Tim Watts mentioned yesterday that caught my attention, Jerry and, and Blake, uh, when we had him on from Bama online, he mentioned that the communication in the secondary for Alabama this past weekend 
was a lot better than it was a year ago. However, we think possibly two of their starters are now going to be out. So what is that going to carry over from Middle Tennessee State to Texas? And exactly what does Texas do uh, differently that might make uh, them feel a little bit different? I, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Uh, but uh, Keelan Robinson, I'd keep your eye on him as a possible punt, punt block. Other than that, I'm not sure Texas holds an advantage in the uh, special teams game. Uh, we'll see. Burt Auburn, though, is, is got some money in his pocket, guys. I don't know if y'all I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs, in this, the day of an age of uh, NIL, Goldman Sachs uh, gave an NIL deal to not only, um, not only Burt Auburn, but also the Alabama kicker uh, for Saturday. There's going to be a commercial during the game, apparently, where those two guys uh, get a little extra money. And I think it's to benefit small businesses. Uh, so we'll see how that goes, but congrats to Bert Auburn for uh, pocketing a little extra cash. And you, you want to play that commercial, Bobby? Go, go for it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll check it out. It. Only 30 seconds long. Yeah, we got to play this. Bert, when was the last time you saw a kicker in a commercial? I haven't seen a lot of interest, even with this fan. But when the game's on the line, kickers are the difference between winning and losing. It's like small businesses. Without them, the economy would lose every time. But did you know that Congress hasn't reauthorized the Small Business Administration since 2000? 23 years is way too long to go without modernizing support for the clutch players of our economy. Support small businesses. Reauthorize the Small Business Administration. There you go. Good for Bert. Good for Bert. <laughs> Does anybody know that where that was, where they did the commercial? I couldn't pick out the, the, the cotton bowl. It's what I heard. Oh, I yeah. It makes sense. It was the cotton bowl. That, well, that's exactly it. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think an interesting thing with the game, and I know we got questions. A lot of people have questions coming in. I think one of the interesting things, I hate to keep harping on it, which offensive line makes the most progress from week one to week two? I think it's going to be big in this game, guys. I really do, and I think it's a, obviously a huge offensive line game for Texas on the road. Jake Majors has a big task at his feet, um, getting everybody on the same page in a very loud environment, which the Alabama offensive line doesn't have to deal with. Um, you know, but it, it, I, I, it's going to be interesting to me to watch if we can say which offensive line made more progress from week one to week two. Hey, Jerry, a question for you on that uh, live stream you did with Coach Irwin and Rod Babers last night. Uh, anything interesting come out of that? I know that, that I got some really great feedback. Was there a couple of nuggets that uh, oh, those guys talked about that uh, you felt was would be impactful to today? Uh, one of the things I, I did hear when I was listening early was Coach Irwin said that if Texas goes in there and beats Alabama, it's not like it's the miracle on ice. Right. <laughs> it's not like it's the no. 1980. Hockey championship of Herb, Herb Brooks. Um, Texas can beat them. They're only down. They're on Vegas favors uh, Bama by seven, but teams win all the time when the other teams favored by seven. What, what, what were some of your bigger takeaways? Yeah, I, I, I think um, I think that, and, and I thought, and that's kind of why I mentioned the offensive line too. Is I, I thought Coach made a great point. He was like, it normally took three, four weeks. For, for their best teams to kind of get the offensive line, the pads underneath them, get flowing as a unit. Even if they had a bunch of guys coming back still in games to start the season, it took a few weeks to really get everything flowing well, 
get everybody on the same page, get those guys playing at the level they wanted to them to as a unit. That's kind of why I brought up what I did about the offensive line. I mean, look, Alabama had a true freshman starting at left tackle last week. Tyler Booker's moved uh, guard spots, I believe. Um, they played some different combinations. Obviously, um, uh, at Texas, we'll see who they trot out this week. It kind of sounds like it's last year's starting five right now. Um, DJ Campbell did return to practice on Tuesday, um, but I think Cole Hudson has been taking some number one reps there at right guard this week based on what Justin Wells said. And then, um, you know, Hayden Connor at left guard. So it may be the starting five from last year. They may go with experience at, at Alabama um, to start the game. Uh, so I, I, it'll be interesting what Coach said about the offensive line still, even if they have a lot of guys back when the games start, taking some time to build into the season. So I, I'm that was that kind of caught my attention last night. Who do you think the starting five of line is, Jerry? That question right there. I, I yeah, I that's I, I think it, right now it's Banks, Connor, Majors, Hudson, and and Christian Jones. We'll see if that changes later in the week now that DJ Campbell's back on the field. But uh, you know, is this a game you start with your experience five unit that played together last year? We'll see. Got to get better in pass protection if they're if they're if they're going to have success against Alabama. Period. Somebody asked, how do you how would you defend? Um, Milrow, if you went empty, if, if I, Alabama goes empty. Let me say this. Okay, so people are missing this. And Eric Nolene, our publisher at Inside Texas, wrote about this yesterday. This is not the first time that Pete Kwiatkowski has defended an Alabama running quarterback. Jalen Milrow is very similar to Jalen Hurts. In the 2016 college football playoff, Kwiatkowski, Washington was in the semifinal. Alabama won that game 24-7. to Washington did a good job of corralling Jalen Hurts. Um, the Alabama defense was just too much for Washington. Yeah. Um, and so I think what we saw in that game uh, was Mil they, they tried to keep Mil or Hurts in front of them. They did not rush five. They rushed three and four and tried to make him think about it for a while and then figure it out and then closed on him. And it wasn't a single spy that took – uh, hurts either. It was a umbrella like defense. So I think that's what the the, the thought will be. Uh, Bixby, uh, we'll see if they're able to get that actually accomplished because saying it, saying it and doing it are two different things. I think eight defensive players from that Washington defense ended up playing in the NFL. Yeah. So they were very, very talented. Uh, well, it's it, going to take talent and execution. To yeah. And I think it may be a mix and match of some things. We definitely know that um, Texas has worked with a spy in leading up to this game, too. So I think yeah. it's going to be a mix and match, right? Yep. I guess I'm going to go jump back over to the offensive line real quick because we got a lot of questions regarding that. Um, and this first question from Ted Appair One says, Jerry and Bobby, with the struggles and communication issues at offensive line, is this the time that we see why Paul Chris was brought in and he earns that money? Well, he doesn't coach the offensive line on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's a little tough one to me. He's more on the peripheral, watching the offense, um, more game plan type of situations, helping with game plan. Um, so I, I don't think he has any impact there, Bobby. No, I really don't either. Um, I think that this is all about Kyle Flood getting his guys on the same page. 
Um, Jake Majors was dealing with uh, a newcomer at right guard. Uh, they both, I think the entire offensive line, though, what, what I saw was an, a frustrated offensive line in the third and fourth quarters. Like they did not like their perform, performance in the first half. Uh, Tetapari one came back and said he meant run game with the running game. Uh, you know, we don't know. We don't know what Paul Christ, the impact he's had yet on the Texas running game. I, I We don't think that inside, according to some people I trust, inside and outside zone running screen against Alabama is going to be very tough. They just have two. That's what they're built to do on defense is stop the run first, guys. Coach Irwin it, said that last night. It's, a, it's an yeah. NFL defense. Yeah. Let's be clear. They're not going to get too sexy with it or too crazy. They've got NFL dudes. They're going to play straight up. They're going to stop the run first. That's that's how – that's Nick Saban to a T, by the way. And, and I think the other big thing is, you know, one of the things we always talk about with quarterbacks is he's going through his progressions. Is he hitting all his progressions? I think Saturday's a two-progression uh, game for these guys, for, for the quarterback, for Quinn Ewers. So Sark's got to scheme it up. Quinn's got to know that, that that clock in his head. You hit progression one, you hit progression two, ball's got to be out. There's not If you hold the ball a long time in this game, it's probably not going to end well. All right, before we get to some more questions, guys, and we've got a couple more about the offensive line that we'll get to, uh, Bobby, why don't you tell everybody about Inside Texas and the latest special? Yeah, absolutely. Right now we're having a, a special. If you're interested in subscribing to the best coverage in Texas sports and recruiting, uh, make sure you check out InsideTexas.com. It's $1 for two months. Uh, this is an introductory offer only to new subscribers. Use the promo code OTFIT23. Make sure you select the monthly offer. That's OTFIT23. This offer will not last long. Uh, give us a try for all uh, the information and news you need to know about the upcoming Longhorns game with Alabama, as well as recruiting information. All right. So we got a question here from Jerry C. And he says, it was talked about that the O-line would rotate in more. Wouldn't that mess with the cohesion? I, I mean, for me, no. I mean, they need to create that. Uh, they need to create that. Um, I think what's what makes all this more difficult now is is the clock running clock rule, though. I mean, you're losing a possession a game, and how that's going to factor into everybody's plans as this season moves along, as far as rotating players. Right now, if you're in the South, it's really hot. You have to rotate guys. I mean, I think somebody put something out um, about the Texas defensive snaps, and I, I don't think anybody played over thirty, maybe over twenty eight in the game that's going to change obviously when you play better opponents and as the season moves along but i'm interested to see how it plays out because if you're losing five five and a half uh plays per game does that cut into your rotations i it, but as far as rotating offensive line no i think texas needs to have a rotation i, I, I agree with jerry i think they have to get more guys ready look a lot of people are ready to oh well dj camel did this or didn't do that he's played one game Guys, one game, okay? Let's give him a chance. Uh, that's like, you know, everybody else. Let's let's see what happens here as the, as the season goes on. Uh, let's let's be clear about that. Everybody expects perfection out of the gate. It just doesn't happen that way. Uh, we have a super chat here from Edmund Lee. Thank you, Edmund. He says last evening's analysis and breakdown was awesome. 
He would be great on the sideline. Keep him returning. Hook him horns. And who from on Texas football slash inside Texas is going to the Alabama game? I am. <laughs> Joe Cook will be there also from inside Texas. Not sure who else is going for sure. Uh, but I, I'm going in on Friday. I'll be there. Uh, Jerry and I will likely have a little fun on Saturday pregame. Uh, then we'll uh, do some stuff also uh, in the postgame and endgame as, as well. But uh, th- thanks, Edmund. And uh, Brian Irwin, uh, I talked to him after the show last night. He really enjoyed it. Rod enjoyed being with him. So did Jerry. Uh, we'll, we will definitely try to be keeping him coming back. If you don't, uh, if you haven't seen it, check out Lunch with the Coach as well, uh, because that's a, a lot of what Brian does each and every week here for on Texas football and inside Texas. And by the way, he was great on the sidelines. He won two state titles. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we got another super chat. This one from RG. He says that if Sark limits the deep ball, especially on first, leans more on the RPO, do you think we will play a more up-tempo pace or the same deliberate pace? I want to say this. So I think that they're going to try at least one up-tempo to see how Alabama reacts. Um, we mentioned the heat. Uh, it's only supposed to be 80 degrees at kickoff in Tuscaloosa. So a little bit of a cool wave going on this weekend. So keep that in mind. That's good for you, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, it's good for me. I'll be outside in it. But the the reality of it is that I I think that Texas will poke and prod a little bit on tempo um, and just to see if Alabama is ready for it, particularly – if they have two new defensive backs, Alabama does in this game, that can that can exacerbate problems in communication in the secondary. You have to be ready quicker, right? And that RG, you may hit on something there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what it means yet. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. I I, I will say this, and I wrote this for Inside Texas today this morning on a little column that I wrote. Um, guys, the importance of starting quickly in this game for both teams. Think about the offenses of both teams. Neither one of them want to be down 14 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. That would force Jalen Milrow to become a passer. And it would be, it would force Texas to abandon the run potentially. Right. And Alabama could just pin its ears back the first quarter, you know, whoever starts hot can dictate the pace and play of the game and how it plays out a little bit. I think that's important. Hey, real quick, guys, and this isn't a question, but Casey Lane says, I saw a report that Bama may have three defensive backs out. Have y'all heard anything regarding their injury situation? I know, obviously, yesterday, Tim Watts talked about it a little bit, but any new news since then? Well, they're they're called day-to-day. Malachi Moore is the main one. It's called Um, day-to-day. So we'll we'll see. I, I. I mean, I don't want to go out. I'm not Nick Saban, but I'll be surprised if he doesn't give it a go. Okay, let's move on to the next one here. And uh, this is from Jerry Hamilton's Beef Jerky. <laughs> <laughs> you got your GPS, you got Bobby's shirt, now your Beef Jerky. <laughs> uh, do you think Sark is creating tendencies for going deep on first down just to break film? I hate going deep on first down. It puts you behind the chains if you fail. Uh, by the way, Deion Sanders is his own brand that's worth millions. I'm my own brand that's worth zero. So uh, <laughs> just a little difference there, but thank you for the nicknames. Um, I hope that's the answer. But 
the only way you create tendencies or if they're successful that are going to help you win football games. That's the only issue there is, um, yeah, you can create, if you create tendencies that are bad, then um, that, that's not good, obviously. But uh, I, I hope that's the case, but I'm not sure that's the case, honestly. Rod Baker's had a great he very aggressive, and he, he wants to stretch the field vertically from get-go. Rod Baker's had a great stat, Jerry. Sark tries to go deep on first down on his on his go deep uh, attempts. It's forty eight percent of the time. So that's when he's going deep, forty eight percent of the time. So wow. that's that's uh, that is more than a trend. That's a that's a fact. And so the question I have is: it, Have they been successful there, or do they need to be more uh, judicious? especially against an Alabama team that you don't want to expose your defense to a hard rush attack over and, and, and just give the ball back. Right. That's the thing. That's, that's the fine line that you have to walk. If you're going to beat Alabama, in my opinion. Hey, and by the way, that's things will keep coming up that uh, we all talked about last night. <clears throat> Coach Irwin brought up something that I, I I'd noticed. Um, <clears throat> Quinn's better throwing the ball deep in the post on the post down the middle of the field between the hashes right side deep is especially an area he tends to struggle with his accuracy and timing for whatever reason deep right side I thought coach Irwin brought up a good point because it, I, I think we talked I talked about this with somebody last year it was the right side throws have been his issue um middle of the field left left side of the field not so much. So that'll be interesting to see if Texas, if they're going to attack deep, can they can they get the numbers? Can they get the pre-step motion? Can they get everything set? The Alabama defense set where they can attack on the post deep middle. But throwing late deep middles an interception in college football—that's the issue for a head coach. <laughs> All right, guys, let's take one from the InsideTexas.com forums. This one from that darn hurt shoulder. And he says, what are y'all's thoughts on the pros and cons of running trick plays on offense against a team like Bama? Thinking pass back to Worthy to Sanders against West Virginia last year. Personally, I would like to see a flea flicker to try and scheme open a more wide open deep shot to build Quinn's confidence. What are y'all's thoughts? Uh, the uh, negatives are six points going the other way. Because Alabama has the players to blow that stuff up. That, I mean, I, I'll just be... Brutally honest. Now, a a uh, pass from Worthy to whoever from a a, a, a wide receiver is a little bit different. But anything in the pocket or well behind the line of scrimmage within that containment area or with, within the pocket, I think is probably a recipe for disaster. Alabama has too many talented guys up front. When you're doing it in space, if you throw a, a, a halfback pass from the outside – at the very least, you're outside the tackles, and that guy has the opportunity to run as opposed to throw if it's not there. It's not going to be a blown up play. I, you know, that would be my takeaway. Like I do, I don't like in pocket trick plays uh, against a team that has the interior uh, strength and, and the edge speed of Alabama. 
All right. And then going back uh, to the previous discussion, guys, Gus Fleener wants a little clarification. He says, does that mean that he throws 48% of his deep shots on first down or 48% of his first downs are deep shots? There's a difference. I believe it's the former. Yeah, it is the former. I'm sorry if I if I, I misstated that. He doesn't he doesn't go for deep shots on 48% of, of first downs. Uh, just uh, 40, 48 of his deep shots, 48% come on first downs. Okay, 817, Mr. Talk Too Much. Think we'll Who do you think we'll see as the starter at safety this week? Well, Jaron Thompson and Catalan. <clears throat> I think, well, I mean, I, I, I'm sure it's been talked about now, but I think Jaron Thompson had a little suspension to begin last week. Yeah, one one quarter. All right, and then we have a super chat here, guys, from Jimmy Trevino. He says, should we challenge Bama to beat us deep instead of giving them too much respect out of the gate? Press man, probably not the best choice with Milrow. I definitely think they're going to run some zone. I would against a quarterback like that. Yeah. Um, and try to make him make mistakes or get uh, have second thoughts and, and make him make quicker decisions. Uh, perhaps he throws a pick that way. Uh, I, can't, I can't see them lining up and playing press man and turning their back to the quarterback at, 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 unless they're just absolutely forced to, right? I, I just don't see that happening. Not, not if Milrow can – if Arch Manning can run for a 50-yard touchdown against Texas, I guarantee you Jalen Milrow can. So it, keep, yeah. keep that in mind, guys. I mean, this is a different type, different level runner. Hey, the other thing is, could show, Texas show some press man – but not really being press man because they're going to blitz the corner off the edge. Something to watch for Saturday. You're not going to blitz Ryan Watts off the edge if he's in zone coverage or if he has an appearance of being in zone coverage. He's got to be in a man press position and then blitz off the edge. All right. Well, before we move on, Bobby, I want you to let everybody know about game time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, game time. Uh, it's the Alabama game is upon us, uh, and I want to introduce you guys to Game Time, the app. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country, and for good reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive, and it's absolutely perfect for last-minute decisions. So if you're in Tuscaloosa, haven't bought tickets, this is the way to go. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Just put in the actual location you're at. It'll give you a list of uh, possibilities. I've personally used Game Time for both sporting events and concert, uh, concerts for myself and my family. So if you need last-minute tickets, there really is no better place. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through email. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code ONTEXAS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, Create an account and a redeem code on Texas for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right. And Jordan Bernstein, you asked what the promo code is. Bobby just told you on Texas will get you that. So, okay, guys, we got a, uh, another super chat from Jimmy Trevino. He's coming in hot today. This is the third one. He says, this year I feel neither side is comfortable trailing late in the game with suspect quarterback play. Would y'all agree? Talking points when you can should be a go. Or taking points when you can should be a go. Sorry. I, I, I'm going to change suspect to inexperienced. Lack of experience. I mean, neither one of these guys have started a full season in college football yet. 
I mean, that that's one thing. This game has inexperience at quarterback. So um, I know people want to try to advance Quinn's career here. He hasn't started a full season of college football yet because of the injury last year. And Jalen Milrow certainly hasn't. Um, so I think that is that's going to kind of be the key is that's why I think having a semblance of running game is very important for Texas. Um, offensive line protection is very important for Texas, but for Alabama, you know, for Jalen Milrow to be at his best, Alabama's got to run the ball downhill. They got to be successful in the running game to take pressure off of him. A guy who hasn't played much at all. I mean, how many career passes has Jalen Milrow thrown? Uh, and, and if you're playing against a quality defense, we don't yet know if Texas is an elite defense, but we know they're a very good defense. Um, uh, but they're, you're, they're playing a very good defense. So uh, that both of these co- coaches are going to want to take some pressure off their quarterbacks in this environment in this game. Okay, let's see here. Uh, I had a – oh, we were talking about Zena earlier. This question about Zena uh, from Ruben Flores. What kind of edge rusher is Zena? More speed, power, or technique? Um, t- He's an upside guy. Um, I-, I think he's got good quickness for 6'4 and a half, 225. Um, I'm not sure he maybe is as quite as quick of feet as a guy like Ethan Burke was coming out of high school, but Ethan had that lacrosse background where he had to live with quick feet. Uh, playing lacrosse at six, six and a half, six, seven. Um, so I think right now, I think over time, he's going to be more of a power guy that has enough quickness. I don't think he's got the elite quickness, obviously, of a Colin Simmons or somebody like that. He's totally different player, maybe more in the mold of Baron Sorrell with a little more foot quickness, Bobby, long term. I think Charles Menehue is a great comparison. Um, the, the former uh, uh, Rowlett player that played at University of Texas now in the NFL. He is, uh, when, I, when I talk to some people inside, uh, you, you know, inside the program, Zena was one of the most impressive guys they saw in all of the June and July visit time frame, Jerry. Like great frame. Not, not in the top 20 or top 10, but in the top three or four. Yeah. Okay. So they love the frame. He's got arms that go for days. Yes. Just like Aminahu did. I yes. mean, literally. So he has a wingspan that already makes him, he, he doesn't necessarily have to be this or that if he just utilizes his strengths and builds on it. Um, he gets in the weight room, in a college weight room, guys. He's going to look like a different person. Um, I'm a big fan. The, the interesting thing with me, Jerry, he's got to have some foot quickness if if Allen is going to put him at middle linebacker this year. Yeah. I mean, he's got a. There's got to be a thought process there. C- coaches just don't take a pass rusher off the field and put them at at uh, middle linebacker unless they they've got an idea that maybe he he has a nose for the ball. I mean, it's interesting to me. One of the more interesting prospects Texas will take in this 2024 class if he commits to Texas. Uh, people have asked about Cedric Baxter. All we know is Cedric Baxter has been back on the practice field. How close to 100% is, we don't know. How close to 100% he is, we don't know that right now. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. All right. And then I thought we had a question. Oh, yeah. From Rudy O. He says, this is a Catalan game. He knows Bama better than anybody. I think he'll be the biggest difference maker. Thoughts? He has the most experience playing in the SEC on the road by far. Maybe, maybe. Maybe AD Mitchell, but he was hurt so much last year. He, he maybe, maybe maybe more than than Steve Sarkeesian. <laughs> Let's be clear. I mean, I, I I can't I can't remember all the games that we have so much going on. But I wrote about it on Inside Texas yesterday. I guess my or two days ago, my five most important players for this game, and Catalan's played on the road at I know Auburn A and M. I mean, he's played in those environments, right? He, so he, he's not going into anything that he hasn't played in before. Um, for a lot of these Texas guys, this is going to be an environment that they haven't played in before. Um, now, does that mean Jalen Catalan's going to play a great game? No, it does not. But um, I think Jalen Catalan, if healthy, never plays a bad game. Hey, Jerry, I want to say this. I, talking about crowd noise, I talked to Andy Staples yesterday. He interviewed me for uh, uh, this Hey, Blake, can you somehow take that yeah, game time uh, thing out of there? Right. No, I'm trying to. <laughs> it's bothering me. All right. <laughs> I like game time, but I. it's a it, long story short. I talked to Andy Staples yesterday, guys. Okay. And what he said was very interesting to me. He said, Texas fans will be surprised uh, by how raucous Bryant Denny is a little bit. Uh, because you've never, Texas never been there, not since 1902. And so never, I don't even know if that stadium existed back then. My point being, he says that it is uh, one of the more intimidating stadiums in the SEC. And it doesn't necessarily get the credit for that. Um, you know, fl- places like Florida and, and A&M even and LSU get more credit in that regard. But it's much more difficult to play in Bryant-Denny, he said, than, say, Georgia. Okay, it's... It, Georgia's a, a wine and cheese crowd a little bit, you know, and so take that for what it's worth. He thinks that uh, Texas, the, the crowd noise will have an impact in this game in some form or fashion. hundred percent. Yeah. They, you t- you don't take, you take some of that for granted, but that's one of the things about going to the sec that Texas fans going to get need to get used to crowd noise will have an impact. Hey, we have a couple of questions. I don't know if y'all know the answer to this or not, but it's about the refs. Uh, Bobby Brown, for example. Well, we have SEC refs this year. Have y'all heard anything on the officiating crew? Yeah, we've had that question. I have not, personally. I will look that up if you guys keep going. All right. (laughs) We'll move on to another one. 
Uh, let's see here. Danny says, this appears to be a matchup of similar teams with similar strengths and weaknesses. Both teams are led by the defense. Will lack of secondary depth play a role for Bama if both guys don't play? Um, only if Texas pass protects. I mean, that that that's the whole key is is if if Quinn if Quinn has time and and Texas wide receivers are running the correct routes, the crisp routes, um, then yes, that could be an issue. The health of the Alabama secondary because I think the Smitty uh, is already out for them. Has been out though. He didn't play in the season opener. Um, but look, Caleb Downs is not the uh, average freshman safety. I think we all know that, especially being an early enrollee. His father's the running back coach at East Tennessee State, played in the NFL. This is not the average freshman safety. He hasn't been brought up as the average freshman safety. But yeah, if 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 Texas has time, Quinn has time. If Sark has time um, to really attack the way they want offensively, then yes. Uh, if Al, if the uh, Alabama injuries in the secondary uh, could be impactful. But if they don't have time, it don't matter. What did you find I, out, Bobby? Yeah, I, I, I've, I've sent a note to a couple people. I looked online, and sure enough, the first 10 responses were all about this, the bad call of the safety last year. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was made by a Big 12 official. If that's the case, I would expect uh, SEC officials in Tuscaloosa this year. So that those were Big Twelve officials in Austin. I expect them to be SEC officials in uh, the SEC. Uh, so in so the, 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 I guess so. Texas fans feel better about it. It's not Big Twelve <laughs> officials. <laughs> they actually may call holding. It's probably changing the betting lines and or as we speak. <laughs> okay, we got a super chat here from D Herring Five. He says, "With the running clock, I feel like Bama will try to sit on the ball." Uh, turnover ratio, third down percentage, and sustained drive will be key. And then he added. Ignore the end of that super chat. I'm driving because he put in a couple of emojis there. So go ahead. Totally agree. I would if I were Dick Saban. Yes. I'd I'd sit on the ball and rely on my defense that I think is maybe the best he's had in five years. and, And what do you do if you can run the ball and condense a game? You get an aggressive play caller to be maybe a little more aggressive. Yeah, he look Nick Saban. And we talked about it. He's not. He's not gonna. You know what you're gonna get with from him in almost every game you play. He's not gonna change. He's just gonna keep trying to execute and out talent you, and he can do that in 99 or 95 percent of the games he plays. Um, so I don't think Texas is gonna get beat on the headsets on Saturday. I think that they could get beat on the field by a superior team. That, and that's that's what we have to wait and see. Can Quinn uh, stand in there and make throws? Uh, can the Texas defense contain Jalen Milrow and limit big plays down the field? Texas is able to do that, and Quinn looks good early. I think it, it, it bodes well for Texas. And then we have a super chat here, guys, from Tim Salinas. And he says, how did A&M have success versus Bama last year at Alabama? Milrow played uh, on in in quick notice. Uh, he's had a year to get ready for this. Um, AM also had a, a good defense, a good defensive front that could kind of contain Milrow, I think. Uh, very athletic front. Uh, and then the other bigger factor, I think Milrow fumbled three times in that game. So it wasn't, 
it what they didn't necessarily stop him as much as Milrow fumbled a bunch, right? Because he was holding the ball low in the pocket and they were getting hands next to him. Okay, we have a question here from Colin Ostrike, and he says, Do we jump into the top five if we win on Saturday? And is this also the biggest road game since 2005 at Ohio State? The answer to the first part is yes. You think so? Yeah. Top five from number 10 or 11? Alabama's 67 and two at home since 2013. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I'll say yes, but I was wrong on the AP poll, I guess, uh, early in the season. That I, I mean, I. I, I'm kind of lost on that one, but I just think 67 and two, it's going to be brought up on telecast. Alabama, the win streak at home, um, 20 and four against ranked opponents at home under Nick Saban. The only three, three of the last four teams to win at Alabama had a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. If Texas goes in there and wins, they're going to get a hell of a lot of rankings respect, I would think. Yes. Unless Alabama plays awful. Street cred will will go up, no doubt, right? Hey, Jerry, the one thing I want to say is I agree. Biggest road game since 2005, at least the most anticipated road game since 2005. Texas did go to Lubbock in 2008. Uh, That was the last time two top 10 teams faced off with Texas being one of the teams on the road. Uh, So, uh, but 2005, does it compare to that? Mm, I think Texas... I don't know. I think there's probably more anticipation on in 2005 based on Texas having won the Rose Bowl the yeah. previous year and Ohio State clearly being one of the uh, considered one of the the competitors for a national championship that year. So I we'll see. Uh, but I, I I think it's the biggest one since then for sure. I can't think of another. Okay, let's jump back over to an InsideTexas.com question. Uh, this one from Deadhead Horn. He says. Do y'all think we're going to see more rotation at receiver this week? I know Sark is a bit notorious for a short bench, but would love to see Cook and Nayor a bit more involved. Seems like Quinn had great chemistry with Nayor prior to him going down, and he may also be our best threat to stretch the field vertically. I Look, I think Nayor is a possibility. Uh, I thought he looked good in limited action. He did drop one pass, but he caught an absolute dart from Malik Murphy. He looked good doing it. Um, I'm interested to see what Texas, the rotation looks like at receiver for Texas. Uh, and, you know, is he a guy that can help in the RPO game, Jerry? Uh, if, if one of those guys, if they go four wides with JT Sanders, Nayor comes in, what does that look like? You know, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, do they start, does Alabama start creeping up and trying to play that a little differently? I mean, we'll see. I, I, so Rod, Rod Babers talks about going empty all the time at Texas. Maybe that's what they do with Quinn Ewers. I mean, I, I we don't know Steve Sarkeesian's game plan right now. To say we do, we can't predict or, or I mean, we can, we can guess, but we can't say with authority uh, because he's, got, he's shown different looks. Uh, I would be surprised if he doesn't at least test the run quite a bit in the first quarter along with trying to move the chains. They've got to move the chains against Alabama. You can't just let Alabama pound you to death on the other side of the field. I think with empty, the thing with empty that's interesting to me is it's twofold. If if you're empty and you have a pocket-passing quarterback, you have to trust your offensive line. To me, that's a big part of it. If you have a mobile quarterback – 
who can make plays with his feet, and you could even do some design run game stuff without an empty. I think that's a little different category. But to go empty with a pocket passing quarterback, you have to trust your offensive line. I really think that's big. Uh, I mean, I really do, especially on the road. Hey, I talked to Joe Cook. Uh, Joe Cook texted me uh, from Inside Texas. He says that uh, it does not appear yet that they've announced who the officiating crew was go- was uh, is going to be. But for the MTSU Alabama game, it was an SEC uh, conference crew. I would fully expect an SEC conference crew in T- Tuscaloosa this weekend. All right. Well, Bobby, just a second ago, you talked about moving the chains. And Ryan Nelson says, do you think uh, Jay Witt is going to move the chains a few times this game? He started out really hot last year against Bama, and I trust the senior making key plays on the road. Absolutely. I think he's got to. And I think Quinn needs to rely on him. I think Quinn needs to rely on his receivers as much or more than he has in any game um, in his career at Texas. That's my opinion, because I don't think – you're going to get much sledding done between the tackles. I just don't think you're going to do it. And so for Texas, the recipe for Texas to win is to make their receivers compete and win enough against Alabama's DBs. That Now, if you can just make it into that kind of game where it's pitch and catch, Texas doesn't just hold a chance to win that game. Texas could potentially win it, right? I Without that, Without focusing on receivers versus DBs, I don't I don't think Texas can get it done between the tackles. We saw that they had problems getting it done against Rice in that regard. So that's my that's my opinion. And then staying on the same theme here, uh, Zane Petty says Jay Witt and Sanders are the X factors in this game. The middle of the field will be available. Thoughts, Jerry? You you talk about the Alabama linebackers. Give give folks a sense of who they are and why you keep talking about them because that's the matchup they're really talking about there. Yeah, I think they're I think they're downhill thumper guys. Um, I really do. And the edge guys, they're really good blitz guys, right? Um, I'm not sure, and I could be wrong. Now, Jihad Campbell, if he plays, is a little different. Now, I, because Just because I saw that IMG in the Under Armour game, I watched him cover. But I, I think you can attack Alabama's backers in, in the passing game. Um, I really do. Um, I, I don't think that's their strength. Uh, as a unit and that doesn't mean they're not draft picks but that's not their strength uh, so I think you especially with a JT Sanders if you can create some matchups I think those are matchups you can win and you can win them in the in the quick game too uh, so I, I I wouldn't be shocked uh, but a lot of that's going to have to do too with Sarkin pre-snap motion you know and, and can he get those matchups he wants Okay, and then let's take another wide receivers question uh, from Paul, just just person, Harrison. Uh, he says, "Who gets the most receptions on Saturday?" If it's not, if it's not Xavier Worthy, we'll see. I mean, Worthy, Worthy is Quinn Ewers' guy. He showed it again. I mean, he looked for him more often than not. I mean, he he looks at him when when things get, are getting hot. Uh, he did that multiple times on Saturday. No doubt about it. Okay, we got a super chat here from Jimmy Trevino. Again, thank you, Jimmy. And he says, Texas band not traveling this week. Go figure. Uh, there are a limited amount of seats. Like, like they would be in the upper upper deck. So I, I get it. Um, it's, it's normal. 
Uh, I think that changes next year when it's an actual SEC game. Uh, the SEC has a rule, according to Chris Del Conte, I, I spoke with him about this about a month ago, where there have to be more seats in the lower deck for opponents and their band. So that will become a part of game day at DKR as well as on the road. So keep that in mind. That's kind of cool. A cool aspect of the SEC, in my opinion. I, I want more opposing fans closer to the field, right? It, it seems like it's it, it does. It seems like it's too one sided. Otherwise, I, I feel like that that's deserved. I mean, you don't need a, a an opposing player's parents shouldn't be in the upper deck, right? If if my son played for Texas and I'm going to Bryant Denny, I'd at least want to be on the look. Put me as high as you want in the lower deck. So I could get to the field in case something happened to my kid. Putting them in the upper deck makes would make no sense. And that's where I think a lot of these guys end up getting tickets when on these away games. We got to that that's got to change. And I think it's a good rule by the SEC. Uh, we got a very important super chat question right here, guys. This one from Colton. He says, My wife's <laughs> best friend is getting married Saturday at 4 p.m. in Colorado. Is watching the game on my phone during the reception. <laughs> Get me sleeping on the couch. It's a risk I'm willing to take. Do it. Sound down. Just put the sound down. If, if, hey, hey, here's the deal. As they say I do, and Texas scores a touchdown, you can erupt and, and clap. How about that? <laughs> good luck to your wife's best friend, uh, and good luck to you, because 4 o'clock is exactly, uh, I think, 6.05 is kickoff time. Uh, you're, that's, that would be four o'clock, uh, Colorado time or mountain time. So, um, good luck, man. Or would it be five o'clock Colorado time? I don't know. Thanks. Five o'clock. So you'll get to see a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah. Good luck, Colton. Uh, <laughs> I won't be right, dealing Doug. with that problem. I know that much. Yeah. <laughs> Doug O'Neill says this feels like a defense dominated game with stalled drives and field goals. Could this game come down to a field position battle with the best kicking game determining the outcome? Jerry, what do you think? Um, I, I well, it came down to a kick last year. I mean, it really did. Um, so yeah, I can see it. Look, I, I think kicking and punting game uh, is going to be huge. Uh, I could see a, a return flipping the field being really huge in this game. Um, but, it, you know, it, it, it's a tough one to call. Obviously, we're making predictions here. It's a tough one to call. If both teams have some semblance of success running the football, it's going to be a really short football game with the rule changes. That That's what's – and then, yes. I mean, I think kicking game really decides it. Um so it, it, I, I think we're all adjusting to this new running clock rule as well. If both, if you get into a game where both teams have some success running the football, man, that's a really short football game now to me, guys. I mean, that really brings the kicking game into play in the fourth quarter at the end of these games. If you have less possessions, then you have to make them count. If you had two more possessions and you missed a field goal, okay, from 45 yards. But it, it – if Alabama has success running the football, it puts a lot of pressure on Texas with, with this new clock change. I think that, that the new clock change puts puts pressure to get off to a quick start. Too. It does, 100%. Um, because it changes. It's like I wrote today. I, I feel like that changes what your offense 
can even focus on doing, right? And so uh, I, I look at it and um, and think that uh, I do believe, you know, I think this is going to be. I, I've predicted right now, just so everybody knows, I'm, I've got Alabama twenty to seventeen over Texas. So that yeah, clearly is yeah. a field goal game, you know. And so kicking will matter. I like Texas's kicking game this year more than I liked it a year ago. Just to be clear, I like their special teams more than I did a year ago. Uh, Texas blew a, a chip shot last year going into halftime, if you remember. Um, so I don't think they would do that again. So let's see. Let's see what happens, Doug. I think I think the game could be decided by special teams. Um, but uh, some the real the real issue there is getting yourself in position to win that game. You got to get yourself in, in position to win the game. And, and I hey, I think what Coach Irwin said is so good last night. You want to be plus one in a turnover battle leaving Tuscaloosa. And it's always, you know, some of the coaching talking points are the same. But I really do believe um, with this new rule change with the running clock, being plus one in turnovers matters even more. You know, if you're running 100 plays in a game and you're a spread team, right, you can live with a turnover. You're getting a lot of possessions. You're playing a possession game. You don't. You can't really play a possession game anymore. Um, so I think I think that is so true. Uh, what Coach Irwin said: If Texas leaves Tuscaloosa plus one, they're going to have a probably kick to win this game at some point. I like Emmanuel Villafranco's comment. He says yeah. after the kickers commercial, there's no way it ends any <laughs> other way. <laughs> And then we have a super chat here from Edmund Lee, and we'll probably have to look this up unless y'all know off the top of your head. But which kicker has the longest field goal under or in a game situation? I would have to look at that, but it's got to be Alabama. Uh, well, he, here's the deal. Um, you know, Auburn's hit 49 yards at least. He did it last week. Yeah. I was Long. Excited. He is – uh, wait a minute. Riker is five of eight from 50 plus. Yeah. Long of 52. So that, that tells you where he's at. Long yeah. of 52. I don't think Auburn has hit. Let me see if uh, for so Auburn, Auburn hit a 49 yarder in last year's Alabama game. Uh, Riker made three from 50 plus last year, all around 50, 51, 52. He's made Two from 52 in his career, one from 51 at least. Long for Auburn's 49, guys. Okay. So, yeah, and it was during the Alabama game. So, there you go. Alabama's two. Okay, guys, let's move on here. And uh, where did it go? If I can find it. Just had it until I started looking that up. Okay. Uh it is from Christopher Lyons, and he says, if Texas wins the toss in Bama, do you think we kick and let our strength being de defense take the field first or receive and try to set the tone with the offense, which we failed to do last week? I think you defer in today's game, period. Yeah. Everybody is deferring now. And the reason why is not necessarily because of that. It's because you, you think you can steal more possessions because people tend to play closer to the vest at the end of the first half than they do at the end of the game. Because if you've got a lead, you can milk the clock at the end of the first. I mean, it's just, it's a little different. Um, I think you definitely defer no matter what. I, I It would be rare 
I don't know that anybody takes the ball every time anymore. Jerry, are you familiar with anybody that just takes the ball anymore? I'm not, but I, I think on – by the way, I think uh, on the road in that game, I definitely defer uh, because I don't uh, – somebody put a made a great point. I don't send my out, offense out first with that crowd noise to start the game and let them get raucous on the first possession of the game. Yep. Very good point. All right. well, Charlie uh, Strong prefers to kick off twice, Ryan Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine if something like that happened Saturday. Oof. All right. <laughs> All right. The next question from Jacob H. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that last name. I'll butcher it. I think this game will show more about how good slash bad the Texas defense is, more so than how good slash bad the offense is. Y'all's thoughts? So, yeah, I, that's why I said earlier, I think Texas has a very good defense. I can't yet say if it's elite. And you can't really say that until they're tested vertically. The whole field of the Texas defense is tested. Rice didn't have the players, the offensive line, the wide receiver skill, speed to test Texas vertically. So Texas hasn't faced anybody that can stretch you horizontally, stretch you vertically, and really put pressure on you at all 11 players. Um, that's, that's what I'm waiting for. If Texas goes to Tuscaloosa and passes that test, um, against the mobile quarterback, then yeah, they have an elite defense. But I think it's one of those things you have to see it first because the first opponent of the year couldn't test you in that regard. That's where I come out on it. I'm I'm a little bit different. I agree with Jacob here because I don't. I think you're all, Alabama can make 95 percent of offenses in the in in college football look ineffective. They're that good, in my opinion. So if they can make, you know, 19 out of 20 offenses look bad, that's not necessarily a real gauge on where your offense is. The Texas, the Alabama offense, on the other hand, is not going to do that to 19 out of 20 teams. And so I, I get what Jacob's saying here. I would, I would go with him on this. I think it'll be more of we'll know exactly how good this defense really is on coming out of this game. Now, not against pinpoint passing, but physically, we'll know where they're at. Okay, we have a question from Too Broke to Pay Attention, and he wants to know if there's any update on Sadir. Will he play this weekend? Uh, he got in one snap against uh, Rice Saturday. Um, I think he's just got to, he, he just needs some time to mature into a role where he plays, you know, 10, 15 snaps a game. I'm not saying you won't see him Saturday. Um, especially with Trill Carter not being 100%. I, I, for those that watched the last part of that Texas Rice game, Trill Carter was wearing a knee brace, I believe, on his left knee, and he definitely had a hitch in his giddy-up. So he's not 100%. Okay, Emmanuel Villafranco asked, out of all the backup defensive ends, which two have the highest upside? Hmm. I, I got to say Chris Ross right now as a pass rusher. I mean, he has a different level of quickness initially. Um, that was very impressive Saturday to see. Um, now he's got to prove he could hold up against the run. Um, but his upside as a pass rusher has to put – it puts him there for me, Bobby. I would I would definitely put Chris Ross in that category. Um, the second one is interesting to me because Colton Vosick is not a high upside guy, Right. 
Jamon Tapp is the next guy that you would probably put in that category. But, you know, is at this point, is Anthony Hill considered a backup defensive end at some level because he comes in on passing downs in that regard as a package? I, I don't – I think it's Chris Ross and then it's TBD uh, to be determined. Uh, Anthony Hill, though, he, he may be have the most highest upside of anybody on the defense. So if you, if you include him, that's a different story. Okay, we got time for a few more questions, y'all. Uh, and this one is from Bevo Lorian. And he says, if you go back to last year and the Rice game, one thing Sark has said at times is they gave us some different looks, things that we hadn't seen. I think it might be time we throw that at Milrow. What do y'all think the defense will throw at Milrow and the Alabama offense this week? I really think they're going to try to do a little bit of simulated pressure and create a, an umbrella-type defense to keep the running quarterback inside of them. Now, they may not do that all in the first half. They may revert to that in the second half. I, I think you have to have two different kinds of game plans, first half, second half, and keep something back for the second half in big games like this. Uh, that doesn't mean you can afford to go out and be down by 14 points in doing so. You have to be able to to, uh, to adjust and, and create that. But anything they can do to create indecision in the quarterback's mind, a young quarterback that is just starting his third or fourth game, I think, at, at Alabama, you have to do that. You absolutely have to. And then we'll follow that up with a question from Robert Hamilton. Uh, he says, will Texas D play some sort of zone to keep eyes on Milrow, or will they have a spy and man up? Jerry, you want to take that? You want me to do it? Um, I think they'll do both. Um, I, I think, look, you have to change your looks against talent, very talented teams, right? Now, maybe if you play an umbrella coverage early and in in, in Alabama can never solve it and Mil Milrow can never solve it. But I also think it depends on how much success Alabama has run in the football. Because that can change the way you have to play. Um, if you have to be more aggressive and bring more people into the box to stop the run, then that might force you to play more man and take more chances. So a lot of it's going to depend on does Texas front control Alabama's run game. If they don't, then that's going to force Texas's hand a little bit in coverage. Got it. All right. Uh Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody about the special at Inside Texas one more time. And then, of course, Adam Lowy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Inside Texas right now running a promo, guys. Uh, OTFIT23, that's on Texas football, Inside Texas. 23 is a promo code. Uh, two months for just $1 for first-time subscribers. This is an opportunity for people that watch us on YouTube uh, to get in there over at Inside Texas. That's OTFIT23. Make sure... You select the monthly offer, $1 for just two months. Also want to say thank you to Adam Lowy, our sponsor for uh, the uh, Coffee and Football on Wednesday. Adam and his team at the Lowy Law Firm focus on results for their clients. Uh, guys, to be clear, uh, if you've been injured in a car accident, on the job, et cetera, give Adam and his group a, a ring or check them out online, LowyLawFirm.com if you need representation. Okay, y'all. Last question for today's show, and it comes from Daniel Wee. He says, name one box score stat that would tell you Texas definitely won the game and vice versa that Alabama won. 
70% passing from Quinn Ewers. I'm going to say over 50% on third down for Ooh. Texas. Wow. That's, a, a, that's a tall ask. Well, that means you're in third and shorts. If you're in third and short enough, then I think Texas can have success. Um, so, it, look, third and three, you can whip the ball around and get three. Your third and eight puts more pressure on your offensive line. So if Texas is, say, seven to, seven to 12 on third downs, maybe in that game, then maybe they don't have 12 third game. Third, but if they're seven to 12, that means they're third and manageable or short. And that means Texas is getting things done on first and second down. Um, the other, other thing I would say is less than uh, 350 yards or so total offense, something like that uh, for, for Alabama. I, you got to keep this, got to keep this short. No doubt. But you got to keep right, Alabama off the field is what I meant. Well, that's going to do it for Wednesday's edition of On Texas Football Today, Coffee and Football. Uh, be sure to head on over to InsideTexas.com. Take advantage of that new offer if you're not already a member. Can't beat that deal at all. And once again, thanks to Adam Lowy and to Game Time as well. And uh, we'll be back same place, same time tomorrow. So for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you then. Should have a good guest tomorrow, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs>